Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As Benjamin Franklin once said, two things are certain. Death and taxes. That and I'm from Boston, eh? <laughs> but bought Boston. <laughs> I'm Benjamin Franklin. Okay. <laughs> but what if you knew when you were going to die? What if you've been given a couple months to live? And no, you can't just climb Mount Everest and dump your own body like a Sherpa's bedpan. You're in pain and immobile. How do you live what's left of your life? How do you come to terms with dying? How are you going to pay for all this? Today, we're going to talk about hospice. What is it? Who is it for? And is it a good medium between life and death? Welcome to The Brighter Side. <laughs> it's about time we did something fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about happy things. Yeah, and- going to, visiting other countries. Nah. You know, and it's like, what? who gives a shit about Uzbekistan? We're all going to die. Bring it down, we're baby. <laughs> Bring it down and burn it and kick those ashes right into the Baston River. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it is. it sounds like a stupid thing to say, but... The one thing that is for certain is we're all going to die yeah. at some point. It's going to happen. In hospice, uh, you know, I like to say, here's the definition of hospice. All right, uh, give it to us. Uh, hospice care focuses on the care, comfort, and quality of life of a person with a serious illness who is approaching the end of life. At some point, it may not be possible to cure the illness or a patient may choose to not undergo certain treatments hospice is designed for that particular situation yes so if you go into hospice you have to say i deny all of these potentially life-saving treatments you are going there to die yeah if you're like for example my father and uh, we're gonna have a great interview later on with nurse sushi we're gonna really examine all these things she's a hospice nurse she's a hospice nurse but i remember with my dad because he was on kidney dialysis if we wanted to enter hospice, we would have to stop the kidney dialysis. Mm. And by stopping the kidney dialysis, effectively, no matter what, you're going to die. And so, yeah, it's, so one what of do you the, do? it's a crazy, intense decision to make. Do you pursue a longer life, maybe in pain, or shorten it up and let's, let's giddy up? 
Yeah. And so I've dealt with some hospice experiences. We'll get into that later on. But Ed's living his life. You just got married. I just got married. That's yeah. right. I got a whole fucking 10 years ahead of me. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, just got married. Very happy about it. We're actually recording this in the past, so I'm not technically married like as my voice is. But when you hear this, I will be married. Yes. And I tell you what, it was a great time. And I'm putting good energy out there, and nobody made a scene. No one got <laughs> no one got too drunk. And uh... no, Amber did not make a scene. <laughs> she didn't cry. She didn't complain oh, that please everything. Cry, was... cry. Okay, oh yeah, okay. crying's you know, you know appreciate it. Okay, you know, that's fine. And I, you know, I have written my vows by this point. Oh, <laughs> that you're hearing this. Amber didn't get diarrhea because everything's covered in cheese and chili. It's yeah. okay. And I, we're, I got married on Amber's birthday. Happy birthday, Amber! Thank you. And everything is wonderful. And you know, truth is, I'm not married yet, but. I don't have cold feet at all. I'm so excited. No, Julie's a beautiful woman. You're spending the rest of your life together. She's truly great. She truly cares about me. She would fight to the death for me. Yeah. You know, she is a wonderful dog mom and uh, she fights for women's rights. And uh, I couldn't be more happy with the person I'm marrying. I'm very lucky. Oh, yeah. And now if one of you dies, the other one has about a week to live. Yeah. Something like Looking forward to that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think is going to die first? Oh, me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, unless some men's right activist comes after us. <laughs> oh, God forbid. Oh, Jesus, I can't talk like this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely going to be. You're me. putting it in the universe, Ed. Yeah, men uh, usually live less time than their wives, mm. you know, because we uh, don't go to the doctor and uh, we don't, uh, we refuse care and we are, we treat our bodies worse than women do. And uh, so I will be good practice for julie when she has to go in the hospice and it's weird to like talk about the inevitable end of someone you love but at the same time you know it's impractical to think that it's not going to happen yeah you're in this for the long run yeah and so uh hopefully uh she watches me die and not the other way around <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> that and bring you back to um being afraid to put it out in the universe you know i don't want to put it out there a lot of people they don't want to talk about death they don't want to talk about sickness or dying because they feel if if i say it if i talk about it it's going to happen to me well guess what baby it is yeah and that's like the worst part like my mom was super prepared you know for death and like she told me everything she wanted and then she died in her sleep my dad did no planning and we had like three months to deal with it Jeez. you know and it's just like it's just like what, what the fuck and i'm sitting there like you don't want this situation i'm sitting there my dad's barely with it you know i could see he can't talk and we're standing over him talking about how he's gonna die and then you know i have to just be like you understand what we're talking about here? We need some kind of answer. I know, like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, because they don't want to answer. But st stick around to the end of the episode, because Ed and I are going to plan our own deaths. That's right. They have this thing called the Five Wishes document, and we are going to fill ours out online uh, yeah. right now uh, into the microphone in case we get hit by a bus. Right. But what if I want, I wish for a thousand more lives? Oh, it's not a genie. Shit. <laughs> and if you uh, become Hindu, you'll get them. And <laughs> but right. we got jokes about death. We got jokes. A little gallows humor for you folks. Oh, yeah. My family never went into hospice. They died the old-fashioned way. Alcohol poisoning. <laughs> hospice is a service that helps you feel more comfortable when you die. You know, like an opium den. <laughs> 
Yeah, stick me one of those. I wish we'd put strippers in nursing homes. Then everyone would get what they want. The patients would get the will to live, and dancers would get on the will. <laughs> or just like a Werther's original. Yeah. Come here, sugar. Werther's original Laffy Taffy up the old butthole. Back in Vietnam, they called this the skinny, skinny slopes. <laughs> Oh man, when you when you mix butter and scotch, it does not make butterscotch. No. Um, the one thing I know is that hospice is a good name for the saddest Spice Girl. <laughs> hospice, hospice. I was trying to think of a spice joke, and I was like, spice from the ground. I guess you go back in the ground. Okay, you did it good though. No, she uh, makes you really, really, really not want to live a live <laughs> Oh, man, this one's really kind of dumb. That's all right. They got all these dead bodies on Mount Everest. Do you think ghosts go, ooh, because they're so cold? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they're cold? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're freezing. (laughs) Get me a jacket already. This afterlife is freezing. Oh, God. (laughs) They say hospice nurses are the most skilled nurses, but most of the people they treat die. And that's the American healthcare system in a nutshell. <laughs> there you go, Ed. There you go. Oh. Studies show about 80% of Americans prefer to die at home. The other 20% want to die the most American way possible, standing in line at Six Flags. <laughs> I mean, give it to me. Honestly, like I had a buddy who told me, we used to always talk about how we wanted to die. And he had the best one, Tim Dean. He said, I want to die as a grandpa on Spaceship Earth. Like It's like this old Omnimover ride in Epcot Center where you just go through the time of communication. These old robots. It's like, and there's Michelangelo painting the 16 Chapel. It's like, you know? He's like, I just want to like, he's like, if I ever go on that sitting next to my grandson, I'm just going to hold my breath. <laughs> That's so when so we funny. get off, I'm- <laughs> he's like, Grandpa, Grandpa's not breathing. But I guess he's going to haunt that whole ass ride. Yeah, for sure. Disney World. Don't they have problems in Disney World with people throwing their ashes? Absolutely. It's um, there's a name for it. It's like a, it's a heck, heck cleanup, hectum cleanup. Is it? It refers to the type of vacuum they have to use to vacuum up the ashes. There's a certain type of dead ash, ashes vacuum? It's like a special vacuum, I guess, that also like sanitizes everything and makes, you know, because it's also, you know, it's remains. It's oh human God, remains. Oh my God, that vacuum is haunted. Yeah, people always leave their ashes notoriously on the haunted mansion. But the thing is, like, it's all for naught because they just sweep it and vacuum it every night. And so it just doesn't even matter if you do it. Put it in the river. Don't they have a lazy river or something? Yes, but then you get banned for life, you know, and like the people putting it in there are super fans. So it's all like, you know, so it's just like, don't do it. They're going to come shoot the place up. Also, yeah. And if you, and if you do do it, don't do all of it, you know, just like a little sprinkle, just a little spring, you know, like a, you know, like it's just like, just a little bit. So a little bit's there. You keep the rest, you throw the rest of you know, in the whatever. I say get, let people throw their ashes in Disney World. Who who cares? I mean, lots of people care. Who cares? I don't care. I saw a video of somebody getting married, and I sent this to you. They were getting married, proposing in Disney World. and in they, Paris. Disneyland Paris. I found it. I watched it. That guy, that little scummy little boy that ran up was like, you can't propose right here. Right over here is better. Yeah, no. that's it's, it's such garbage. And he grabbed his ring. You grab my fucking ring, I'll oh, yeah. kill you. They apologized to the couple. Disneyland went out and apologized to the couple, and they offered them uh, free tickets, and the guy was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> 
They're going to hate Disneyland now. Where are they oh, going? Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, they're going to band together and fucking hating Disneyland. <laughs> but it's also the French. We we know how they get. Yeah. Re- regardless, you know, my experiences with hospice are very interesting because I had to deal with it with my grandpa when I was very young. Yeah, you wanted to do this episode. I had no idea what hospice even was. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's it basically, like we, we said, it's like a concept more than a place. Because they could die at home too, right? Yeah, they can do hospice. Uh, they can do hospice at home, and then they could also do uh, you know hospice in a hospital. Uh, you could they have a specialty hospice centers. They can go to nursing homes and give you hospice care. But like hospice is more of the type of care you're receiving. But there are like my grandfather was at a place called Hospice by the Sea, uh, which is a uh, book. Uh, no, that's it was in Deerfield. But yeah. they're right next to each other. Do they wheel them out into the ocean when they die, like a Viking? No, it was actually hospice by the highway, but they called <laughs> <laughs> But they called it hospice by the sea. And I remember my grandfather was there because like most people do it like my father got hospice for it was less than twenty four hours, you know, but my grandfather was there for months. We like practically lived in the joint. And, you know, and it was back in the early 90s. And so there, there were like dudes there smoking cigarettes and shit and fucking like it was it was wild. But I remember my grandpa, like every day was different that we went there. Like some days he'd be like totally with it and cool. Yeah. And then other days he'd be like crying and like, I don't mm. want to die and shit like that, which is like I'm, I'm sure something every one of us will do. That's so crazy. You know, I feel that there's this weird trick the universe plays when Right before you're going to die, the person, quote unquote, pulls through and they're just like, oh, grandpa's awake and happy to be here today. I guess he's going to live. And I'm always like, Mm-mm-mm. no, it's the last breath of fresh air. That's the last breath of fresh air. That's the universe saying, gather your loved ones, say goodbye. You're dying tomorrow. Because yeah. every time they're like, my grandpa came alive and he's great. You know, we could take him out of hospice. And I'm like, he's dying every time they die tomorrow. Yeah, no, it is like that's what happened with Julie's great uncle. Recently, he's like 94. You know, he was he was a priest, and uh, well, he's going to heaven. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what are we, what are we sad about this? Exactly. If like you're 94 and a priest and scared to death, then what chance do we have? But uh, no, <laughs> yeah. he was very cool about it. He was ready to go for years, and uh, he was a very sweet man. And this is coming from someone who's not a fan of priests at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a very sweet man, and was a great priest. And like he did, like you know, he was like preaching prisons and stuff like that. He was a good dude. And I remember uh, the day before he passed, he like he was hanging out, joking around with everybody. And then, you know, he was like cognizant. He wasn't like, you know, doing jump rope or anything. But, you know, he was, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God, you know, like this is amazing. And then next day they're gone. There he goes. And then the same thing happened with my Uncle Murray. It was the day he died. He was 80s, late 80s. And he lived a very full life and he like he had like this nursing home shuttle that would pick him up and he brought him to do some activities and uh, they, uh, you know, he wrote a poem and then he, they got back on the bus and he just went to sleep and didn't wake up. Wow. You know, very, I mean, we could all wish for that. Just go to sleep and never wake up? Just yeah. in La La Land? Especially at a nice day, you know, you flirt with some old chicks, you know, yeah. you write them a poem and then you pass and then that's it. Both of those guys had a had a good way out. I missed my dad's death by about 10 seconds. Oh. And I tell you why. So I was on a flight and it was like some storm. So the flight got pushed back. Mm-hmm. And then my aunt was going to come pick me up from, from the airport to go to the hospital. And I had just visited my father like maybe a couple weeks prior to like 
say hello, what's going on? And like, they were like, we don't know when he's going to make it, you know, come down immediately. So I go down immediately and I'm like, I always like butted heads with this particular aunt and, but I'm very happy she did pick me up because, you know, everybody else is busy, but we get to the hospital and she was like, no, I have to come park the car and you have to come walk in with me. And I was like, drive the car up to the front of the hospital so I can get out and go in. You park and you walk. He's my dad. And she's like, yeah. no, we don't want to cause a scene. Like she's that kind of person. Oh my God. And I was like, I told her, I looked in the eye. I said, if you, cause she locked the door. And I said, if you don't unlock this door and let me out of the car right now, I will hate you forever. She unlocked the car door, but like we were like arguing in that time. Yeah. I get out, I run out, I go past, I get in the elevator, I go get the clear, I go, go. And I'm running down the hallway. And apparently my dad was laying in bed and my mother was over him. And he said, is that Amber? Is that Amber? My mom says, yes, that's her. She's coming right here. And he said, okay. And he said, I love you, Betty. And he passed away. Wow. And then as soon as I got in the room, like my mom, they look kind of angry and weird. And I was like, what happened? And like the room was different like it was still and i looked at my father and i was like that's not my dad anymore like you yeah. just knew he was dead and he wasn't asleep but he heard me coming yeah no i mean you know as far as as far as he knows you were there yeah you know and like that's you know that's a lot and like you shouldn't i i hope you don't feel any guilt or anything like no that. i mean you know, he probably it's... didn't want to die in front of me you know he's probably happy to hear that i was coming to help my mom and like didn't want to die in front of his daughter no, I mean, you know. But I'm, could, yeah, I'm still mad that my aunt didn't unlock the fucking car. <laughs> oh, I know. What a fucking bitch move. What a bitch. We don't, we're not here to cause waves. It's my fucking dad. What are you talking about? She what is a huge bitch. Yeah. Well, you know, just don't be there when she dies. Yep. Uh, the- <laughs> yep. There we go. I remember I was with my dad when he passed away and I was there for the, the hospice experience mm-hmm. and, and drain and the, the draining. And we've been over this on the show, but like. Yeah, like the moment it happens, you know, what was interesting is because every time you see it in the movies, it's like beep, 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 but they take that machine off too. Whoa. You know, so you don't really know the moment it happens. Well, they have that breath. that. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like that heavy breath. So did you- But I thought that happened like six times. It happens once. Yeah, no, well, that's the thing. It was like, I thought my dad's left- breath was like six separate times oh, and then another one would happen you know and they're like okay we're still here you know and like you know, it was but yeah had his hand you know and, and we were there and it was it was interesting talking about gallows humor i remember i was just trying to like i don't know it, my defense mechanisms were up and i was just trying to say as many jokes as possible yeah and like and i remember i was just like telling stories and about you know like our lives and like let him have memories and stuff like that and because he like couldn't talk but he would like nod along or and laugh at the punchline so I know he was kind of there yeah and I just remember I'm like three stories in and then I just stopped for a second I was like how come all of our stories end with either you or me kicking the shit out of somebody (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny that's really funny I was uh, singing in front of my dad one of the last times I saw him. I was like singing and dancing around and he was like come in and out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he would love it and he'd laugh because I put on this little fun costume and I would like dance around and tell jokes. And then one time I just started like just kind of singing and he looked over and he's like, who is this? Get her out of here. What are you doing? He like didn't know who I was. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. That's the thing. Like my grandma didn't like I talked to her the day she died and she had no idea who I was. She started like screaming at me and like, you know, like I was like 13 years old or oh. whatever. 
you know, because she didn't know who I was. She thought I was like someone coming to do something bad. You well, know, I guess, so. yeah, the brighter side is if they don't know who you are here and they pass on, then, you know, when you're masturbating, your grandma's not around. No, she can't find me. She can't find you. No. Uh, she didn't know who you are. She's too busy looking for cigarettes. <laughs> Oh, my cigarettes. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, on that note, let's talk to Nurse Sushi, a hospice nurse who's seen a lot. And it's a very great interview. I think y'all are going to love it. Um, Miss Sushi, take it away. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, now we're being joined by a, an actual hospice nurse, currently not working, but going to get back in the field eventually and to uh, protect her identity, we're calling her by her favorite food. So uh, everybody, welcome uh, Nurse Sushi. How are you doing, hey, Nurse Sushi? Good, good. Uh, thank you so much for talking to us about such a intense subject. Yeah, absolutely. First off, uh, how long have you worked in the field, just so people know? Yeah, so I started my nursing career in 2012. Um, I was actually started off in uh, working as a Navy nurse. Oh, wow. So I was in the Navy for um, almost seven years. Um, so my first, uh, my first so job. You there, were on a boat with all those dudes. I was not on a boat. No, I was part of the nurse. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So th- right. I had a <laughs> scholarship, so they just put you straight into nursing. So I got to start out. Thank God you're safe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get on a boat with those men. No. Submarine too. We were just talking about. Yeah. Do not get on a submarine, <laughs> yeah. especially if he made the submarine himself. Right. Do not get on there. <laughs> so you're a nurse, um, overseas for seven years. Yeah. So I started yeah. out, um, at Walter Reed in Bethesda. So I was there for three years. And then I went over to Japan and Okinawa. So we were there for like three and a half years. So. Are you 90? <laughs> <laughs> I remember my grandfather, he wouldn't go to the Japanese internment camp museum with me because they started it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's rough. His words. Yeah. His words. So I am someone who's just recently learning what hospice is. Is there a way that you could describe it to our listeners that might be a little more poetic than my filthy mouth? I could try. Yeah. So I would say hospice is like that gap, um, like kind of at the end of whatever your um, like healthcare journey is. I feel like a lot of people who go into hospice have this huge um this huge portion of like the healthcare machine that I call it that you're on. Um, And it's kind of that, that step at the end where you can kind of get off, get off the the train of uh, the healthcare and start to slow down. And um, it's kind of like those final moments of your life that you can um, enjoy with a little bit of help from, from a team. Um, But it's less, um, 
I would say less medical in that sense. Um, it's more care driven, care driven, yeah. person, yeah. people focused for sure. That's good because you're such you're really helping people at the end of their life. Have you have you met someone that say just couldn't accept the fact that they were going to die? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had to tell 90 year olds that they're dying. I feel like, you know, in our society, we just don't talk about death. It's not something that people like to discuss. Um, And there are definitely people who hold on till the very end and essentially, you know, they're not with it anymore to make those decisions. So either the the team of uh, healthcare providers or like their family has to make that ultimate decision for them because, it's going to happen, you know, whether they want it to or not, unfortunately. I think, you know, the weird part about hospices is because it, obviously it has like a bad reputation because totally. it's where people die. You know, like it's like it's nearly impossible to sugarcoat that and make it nice. Right. But the thing is, like, if you even get to hospice, you know, in my mind, you're like lucky. Totally. You know, a lot of people, you know, there's accidents, there's, you know, murder, you know, like, you know, there could be anything, you could drown, you could, you know, you could, you could die suddenly in your sleep and not even get a chance to say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. So like the fact that hospice exists is so, I don't know, beautiful. Totally. I mean, yeah, that's how I see it. But I think it's like that existential dread that you're ultimately faced with, with having to make like that decision of, is this something I really want to face? Or am I just gonna, you know, let it fall to the wayside and just kind of, you know, put it down until it actually happens. So hospice essentially is somewhere where we, I know we just said it, but I'm just going to kind of like say it again real yeah. quick in a different way. It's, it's basically somewhere you go or you don't even need to go there. They, it's like they a come state of you. mind. Yeah, they it's can a, you. Yeah, it's like a concept more than a place. Totally. And it's so, you've not that you've given up on life, it's just you're not going to make it. Well, doctors say you have six months to live and then that's how you get into hospice. I would personally rather just die in a fucking snow accident. I don't know. <laughs> you have to wait six months. If someone's wiping my ass, yeah. kill me. I mean, I wouldn't say that six months, like everyone has six months. Like the hospice that I worked for, the average um, time that people would be on hospice would be a week. So, I mean, <gasps> the reality yeah. is that people aren't using this benefit. I mean, which it is, it's a benefit. Um, it's Medicare uh, covered. And um, if you're, you know, less than the age where you have Medicare, then your insurance covers it fully. Um, I mean, the biggest thing I've heard over the years is people were just, they wish that they had gotten on hospice sooner. Like I said, it's like getting yeah. off that medical train, you're just in it, you're in that grind, whether it's chemo, or, you know, you have um, um, like heart disease, where you're in and out of the hospital, you know, month after month. Um, it's just really a time that it focuses on you and your needs and your wants at the end, instead of going to the doctor and doing all, you know, the crazy things that they want you to do when it really is futile anyway. Interesting. Yeah. And I read that if you're on Medicare, you just have to pay for room and board. Exactly. So if you have a nurse come to your house and I was looking at the prices and like, it's cheaper than I thought it would be, to be yeah. honest. It really just depends where you live for sure. Yeah. 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 And, and the care you're getting. Yeah. You know, and, and, and a hospice nurse, uh, of course, is a very skilled nurse. Absolutely. From what I hear. <laughs> Not that, you know, any nurse sucks. I mean, I'm sure there's some shit. But, yeah. <laughs> so what do you have to do to be a hospice nurse? Like, say someone's listening and they're like, I find this really interesting. I want to give back to the community and become a hospice nurse. What do they have to do? 
Well, first you have to become a nurse. So go to nursing school is the biggest thing. Okay. But mm. how I got my start was I did oncology. So I did inpatient oncology. And so um, inpatient, we also do hospice on the floor if um, patients are sick enough. Um, when I was in the Navy, we had a lot of like really young guys, um, you know, you know, teens, 20s um, who got crazy kinds of cancer just from exposure with their job. Wow. Um, so a lot of times we facilitate um, their death like on the floor with their family just because it made sense that way. Um, and even on you know civilian floors too, we would, um, there's hospice inpatient. So I'd say mm. someone wants to do that. Usually you start your career inpatient um, and go from there. Um, but yeah, I would say a, a lot of hospices are looking for people who are passionate and, you know, are respectful of that space. So once you kind of get your basic nursing, um, under you, then yeah, anyone can be a hospice nurse if you, you know, enjoy that population and, and want or interested in it. Yeah. What made you want to do it? I guess I always had this strange fascination with death. I mean, as a child, I never saw it. Um, it was very separate. Um, back in the day, you know, people would die at home all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess like once I got into the nursing field, it just, I was very curious about it. Um, and then uh, ultimately uh, in 2020, like right before the pandemic hit, uh, both my grandparents were placed on hospice at the same time. Um, and then they both died within a week of each other. Oh my God. I hear this what happens like with older couples. Right. It was you know, it's everything the family would have wanted for them. Were you working? I was not. I was in Chicago and they're in, in New Jersey. And I think I, okay. my family sacrificed a lot because they, they had a, um, a home on hospice. Um, so there's like the option to do home hospice care too. So my family sacrificed a lot to keep them home and keep them together. Um, and then once the pandemic hit, um, a lot of things changed with my other job. And I said, okay, now's the time that I need to do, need to do this. So, um, it was kind of after that, that I'm like, okay, now's the time, even though I did it a little bit like inpatient, um, I did like more of the home visiting homes, uh, nursing homes and then the hospital. So you did hospice during COVID. I did. Wow. Yeah. I started That's brave. it during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Gosh, it was an I can't experience. Believe that. Yeah, it was wild. You were there when people get taken off ventilators and that kind of thing. Yeah, generally, yeah, generally we'd come in, we'd initiate the hospice. Um, I was like a hospice intake nurse, so I did a lot of the conversations with the family um, about what we were going to do, how it was going to happen, the services that were provided. Um, yeah, and then we were there to either you know help remove some of the the treatment um, with their inpatient. Or we'd help get them home, um, get them settled at home, and really start their care um, in their in their house, or uh, if it was at a nursing home. Have you ever walked into somebody's house and been like, "What the fuck is all these tiny dolls doing?" <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, been, a, been in a few hoarder homes, a few homes where people just never hadn't left for twenty years. So it's uh, it's very eye opening when you. Um, uh, are able to go into people's home. It's a very vulnerable place for them to be. Not only are they dying, but yeah, yeah. Like their space. And you learn a lot about someone from walking into their home. Oh, yeah. Well, most people want to die at home. I read that like 80% of Americans of want to die at home. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I bought this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When I was younger, I'm like, I just want to be in the hospital. But 
you know, with some time, I'm like, okay, I can really see the benefit of it. It's a really, yeah. can be a really safe environment. Um, if, if that's something that you're able, able to afford to do. Now, have you ever heard of any last words that blew your mind or any sort of like, like a ghost in the room that like flew out the window? Um, I would say I hadn't, haven't heard anything. Um, but there's definitely like this, this eerie stillness that happens when people take their last breath. It's, um, yeah, it's just yeah. like very, very cl- a calm feeling, but also just like, wow, like some you're in the presence of something really, really interesting, like that's happening. It's hard to describe that feeling, but it's just like this over sent, like overwhelming sense of kind of calm um, that can that can happen that I've experienced with it. So wow, so you've looked into people's eyes when they passed away. That's yeah. like phenomenal. I mean, I can't imagine because you can see someone who's passed away and someone who's sleeping, and you can tell the difference. Totally. I mean, of course, yes. Yeah. So you see the soul exit their body. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, I imagine not everyone has a family that cares about them. Not everyone mm-hmm. has, you know. So so a lot of times, you know you're the only person there for these people, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I, that was one of the hardest cases that I had was, um, I met someone in the hospital who literally had no power of attorney. They had no one they could call, no one to make any sort of decisions for them. And it's hard. Cause like, what do you do, you know, with people yeah. who have no one, cause you kind of take that for granted. That's that there's someone, a friend, anyone, but this woman had literally no one. And yeah, that was really unique. That's not very common. Oh, okay. Well, everybody deserves to have someone to hold their hands when they pass away. And you're definitely doing the Lord's work. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I talked to my friend's mom, who was a hospice nurse, and she ran the admins a little bit. You know, I I asked her the question, I'll I'll ask you now. I asked, is there ever a good day? You know, we work in a hospice. Is there ever a day you go in and, you know, you're feeling like you leave in a good mood? You know, is there that? Yeah. I mean, I would say most days I work, you know, you just have to learn to kind of separate the job from real life. I think Mm -hmm. what was good about hospice is that, I mean, every day you're just kind of forced with to to face your mortality and it makes um, just your everyday life so much more, you know, bright and beautiful. But yeah, I think just connecting with families and helping them in sometimes like the worst, you know, decisions that they have to make or circumstances that they're in. Um, yeah, there's something really special about that and, um, and very unique and it's not for everyone. Certainly not. Yeah. And you take breaks. <laughs> That's why I'm on a little take bit of breaks. a break. So it's just yeah. one of those things you can't do all the time and forever. So just got to you know, honor and respect yourself when you do the work. Has this job made you more appreciative of just day-to-day life living? Oh, I guess I am going to go to that restaurant today. I'm going to go skydive today. Absolutely. I think even just like with my relationships with people, I think that's like the biggest thing that I've taken away from it. Um, Spending time with my son, the little moments, it all, you know, is important and adds up. Absolutely. You were in the Navy, mm-hmm. you said, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it is because like being a hospice nurse is a lot like being a soldier. You know, you got to go in, you got to leave it at home. You're going to see things you don't want to see. But at the same time, you know that you're doing, you know, something that's just and, and right. And I commend you a million times for that. Absolutely. I appreciate your service, both mm-hmm. of them. Thank you. <laughs> 
But I want to go back to COVID a little bit because a lot of times, you know, people weren't allowed to be with their loved ones when they were passing away. There was a lot of that going on with COVID. And, you know, I think if someone had hospice home care, would family be around or no, not at all? It just depended on the situation. I didn't see a lot of patients with COVID going home. Um, and But the ones that I did, um, the family had already had it or re- recovering from it. So okay. generally, and that was like kind of later, like once things had kind of settled down a little bit. But yeah, most of the COVID patients I saw um, didn't end up going home. But I think the hardest part was that um, these families had to make decisions about hospice without even seeing their family. Oh my it's gotta God. Be impossible. Or like these poor um, elderly patients in nursing homes, uh, these doctors would want to put them on hospice for other reasons, not COVID, but the family couldn't visit them because of COVID restrictions. So these families oh. are having to like make decisions about, you know, end of life care without seeing their family members for weeks sometimes. Um so yeah, I just had to get creative, like FaceTime the family, like from the nursing home, because I had access because I was a healthcare provider. But yeah. in those moments, those were the hardest, just because I mean, how how can you, you know, have these families make these decisions? I, I mean, I understand protocol and like trying to keep everyone safe, but I don't know. I just feel like at the end of life, there should be a little bit of an exception, you know, just because oh, yeah. these yeah. people are having to to face a lot. Um, but did anybody get mad? Were they like, I'm going to see my family. Fuck all you. I mean, it's like they die angry stuff, but like no one like actually, you know, did much about it. But yeah, like, but I was the one hearing it and I had to, you know, say, I'm sorry, I don't make the policies. Um, yeah. You know, this is out of my hands, but that's why I tried to go above and beyond for some of those because I really I felt for them because I wouldn't want to make those decisions without. No, I'd break in the hospital. Right. And what was hard was like these families, you know, they would bring their family members home, but they have to work. You know, they don't have, you know, other family who can take care of them because hospice Mm -hmm. comes in and and it's just a nurse and an aide that come, you know, a few times a week for maybe 30 minutes to an hour at a time, but the the burden of care is really on the family members. So um, yeah, it's hard for, for families who, who work and just don't have the resources to really take care of their family members. Like they would probably want to. No, for sure. I remember when you know my father passed away with COVID and a couple of January's ago. Right. And I remember just, it was a long process yeah. and the doctor was trying to talk us all in the hospice weeks before we ever agreed on it yeah and you know we were you know we were just like well you know if you tell me there's like a percent of a chance you know we're gonna go for it and so it it just became that and it was you know in retrospect i wish maybe we should have let him go a little earlier you know and it would have been more respectful and you know he wouldn't have gotten all the other stuff that happened to him right afterwards and you know he was definitely in pain for the last like month of his life Mm. And I remember dealing with, with the hospice care because you basically have to accept you're dying for hospice care. Mm-hmm. And like he was on uh, kidney dialysis and they were like, well, if we do hospice care, you can't do kidney dialysis anymore. You're not allowed. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's weird because like you want to be like, okay, I want them to be comfortable, but I want them to live. Right. And so you have to like try to like wrestle with that as long as possible. And I, I just, I remember thinking, well, well let's, you know, the, the moment he tells me, you know, let's check out, I'll let him. But 
you know, and, you know, wanted to fight and wanted to fight. And I remember one point just like, I was, you know, you know, like, like you said, like people say crazy shit. They don't mean, you know, I'm like, I'll go to Mexico and get them dialysis every week and we can get the hospice care. And yeah. whenever they leave, we'll give them dialysis, you know, and it's like, that's obviously not feasible or, you know, respectful to the nurses, you know, but, uh, you know, someone could last a long time in hospice. My father ended up being in hospice for like three days mm-hmm. before he passed away. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't until like the last like two hours did he really stop the, you know, dialysis and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, you do the thing. And and it was interesting. The nurses, you know, they were so sweet. They were, you know, it's definitely like by the book stuff. You can't like... You know, you can't mess around once you're dealing with death. Like it's every day, all day. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. everybody's saying, "Just make an exception for me." Yeah, know? no, it's like everyone's special, but it happens to all of us. And so it's you know, it, it's it's got to be impossible to to talk these people off a ledge. Is there like a a protocol for talking to people, or is it change yeah. with each person? Because you you're a psychologist on the fly without <laughs> like, getting any training. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Well, first I'm really sorry that you had to go through all that with your father. I know how difficult it is, but yeah, to answer your question, it really is different for everyone. Um, and ultimately you just have to meet people where they're at um, because everyone is in a different place. And even within families, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there can be such a uh, difference of opinions on like what should happen. Um, but ultimately, I think it's important that we start having conversations about what we want personally for um, our end of life care. Ugh. Oh, especially a will. Get that written up because families will eat each other alive. And you don't even need a will to to um, to tell your family like what your preferences are if that decision were to come. And, and ultimately, it takes that burden off your family if you provide them with that. Um, in Illinois, we have yeah. what's called like a pulsed form. So you can even say like, I don't want to be intubated. I do want to be intubated. If it gets to the point, I do want, you know, feeding tube. I don't want a feeding tube. I do want to be resuscitated or not. And at least yeah. that can be kind of a, a, a basic guide um, for people just so that they know like, okay, I know my dad wouldn't have wanted this. He, he specifically said that this is not something that he would want. There's also a form called like five wishes. Um, it's uh, not a legal document, but you can at least kind of go through some of the questions, get it signed. You can get it notarized too. So a lot of doctors um, will look at that and, and kind of at least it's a place to start the discussion yeah. of, nice. of what to do. But again, no one really wants to, to talk about it or think about it. But um, ultimately, I think that's like one of the best gifts you can get your family members is to at least yeah. have the conversation and at least have in writing some of the things that you would really want. God forbid, you know, something like that were to happen and you couldn't make those decisions for yourself. Can I ask yeah. you a personal question? Sure. What would yours be now that you've seen it all? Like, and you've seen, Yeah, you, know, you tell me what to do. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you, I'm just going to do whatever you're oh, doing. Like, yeah, sign on. All the, but it's, it's so hard because all these disease processes are just so different. But yeah, I think, I mean, less is more for me. I ultimately just wouldn't, I, I call it the the medical machine for a reason because that's kind of what it is in my eyes. Um, and that's part of the reason why I had to step back too, because even in hospice, I ended up just being, you know, I was trying to sell hospice to people because we had to meet certain quotas and it's ultimately a business. You have to meet a yeah. quota? Yeah. Oh, it is a business. I forget. Damn. It's yeah. still a business. Like you still have to have certain, you know, make your numbers to get 
whatever, you know, money that they need from the organization to continue functioning. So, um, so, so yeah, for some reason, people aren't dying. It could be bad. <laughs> You're just going to go out stabbing like, people in a, yeah. in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of messed up. I don't know. And not all, all different organizations are different for sure. But yeah, I mean, ultimately the bottom line, you got to stay afloat. They got to stay afloat. Yeah. So, and they, and they could drop their hospice yeah. programs if they don't make ends meet with it. So that's true. Has any old man been like, if I was 50 years younger, didn't have this dialysis bag in my kitchen, <laughs> I tell you what, you'd be my girlfriend. <laughs> People try to set me up with their, their kids, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, well. Now we're obviously comedians and like to have a good time. And one of my favorite forms of comedy is gallows humor. You know, and just, you know, like, you know, laughing and talking about death, joking about death. You know, I've, I've made a movie about, you know, my, my mom passing away. You know, it's just, I, I think, can you remember any just like funny times? Oh, like when, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved working on the oncology unit just because we would have, you know, our patients there for weeks at a time and they'd come. Idiot speaking. <laughs> what is oncology real quick? So that's cancer. So yeah, okay. that's where I started was was in cancer on the cancer ward. So um yeah, that was my favorite because they would, you know, bring funny hats. We'd have, you know, fake mustaches that we put on, um, and just, you know, joke about the whole thing. Um, you know, until you know, situations got more serious. But yeah, I think everyone just tried to be as lighthearted and keep people, you know, upbeat as as possible. Um so yeah, I think that that's my experience with that that's super sweet yeah. i love that <laughs> are you so you said you're gonna get back into it you said you're taking a little time off but yeah. you're gonna get back into it yeah do you think you'll do this for the rest of your life i think it'll be something that's always going to be a part of my life um i don't know if it'll necessarily be um as a nurse in hospice but there's great opportunities like within hospice for volunteering. So even if it's not my main job, you can sit and be a volunteer. There's also been a really big movement um, for like death uh, doulas or midwives. So they kind of separate themselves from, you know, the hospice, the machine and um, help people more like emotionally um, in supportive ways um, uh, without you know, and it's it's like in addition to hospice. So that's something that I've kind of been looking into. Um, but yeah, I think maybe not always as a nurse, but I think it'll be something that I do for, for the rest of my life. Can you imagine being a doula and a hospice nurse? I mean, that's just like birth, life, death. That's just every day is well, just it's ecstatic. A death doula. Yeah, it's a death doula. So it's it's the same concept as like birth doulas. So and what's that? Yeah. So instead of um birthing someone into life, it's like birthing them into into death. So like the thing with hospice is the the nurses aren't there all the time. P families are alone oftentimes to um help with the dying process. Um, and usually the nurses are brought in, like, unless there's like pain or symptom management that ha that needs to happen, they'll be there. But generally the nurses aren't there at the final hours. They come and pronounce and that's kind of it. So oh. it's like a, kind of like a gap in like the care that really should be provided. So if you need someone to come and sit and really, um, and help the family with that, Without with that hand kind of holding support, that's really not just provided. Like chill. 
Wow. My friend's mom was talking about that because right? I, I was just on the phone with her just trying to get as much info as I could mm-hmm. before I talked to you. But she was saying that, you know, a lot of the times the hospice wasn't just for the patient, right. it was for the family. Absolutely. And like training them how to care for them and just training them with how to deal with it and how to like, and, and like how to, you know, it's so much more than absolutely just yeah. nursing. Yeah, I think people are so scared to talk about this or any kind of sickness because it's the fear of, oh, if I talk about it, it could happen to me. Mm-hmm. And it is, mm-hmm. you know, it is going to happen to all of us. Right. Yeah. And then people get scared and stop showing up towards the end. And yeah, you know, you, you'll see some of that. Someone who's like been supportive your whole life, like mm-hmm. gets scared to death and they just disappear. And it's always like a weird thing that happens. It is scary. But you said something very interesting. Instead of birthing someone into life, you're birthing someone into death. Mm -hmm. I like how you said into death instead of out of life mm-hmm. because you're going the death it's it's never ending it's beginning anew absolutely yeah is that something like in your beliefs maybe or oh yeah absolutely i mean it's just a transfer of energy you know um yeah i think mm-hmm. with it I, i've always considered like birth and death very similar i don't know if you've witnessed either but they both have very similar but different feelings um it's kind of like you're in that in that space of like it's, it's kind of like the void or like um, oh, I can't think of the word for it, but yeah, you're kind of like in this limbo of like which way is it going to go? Um, like how is it going to happen? Um, but yeah, just, yeah, and just like there's labor for for birthing, there's there's kind of a labor of death too, like heavy breathing, heavy breathing. And, you yeah. kind of transition, yeah. you know, in a certain way that you know requires attention, requires care and love. So the yeah. way that you know, Mama Pastrami told me about it. You know, we we try to keep our names secret. <laughs> it's just whatever your favorite Mama food Pastrami. is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Miss Gumbo. Love it. <laughs> but how she described it was she said it was similar to Lamaze. It's like you're you're teaching someone how to like you know because it's always changing. Like mm-hmm. it's like you yes, it's a it's teaching how to breathe, but it's teaching how to breathe during this period, and then during this period you want to do it a little different. And uh, that was very interesting to me. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah, I'm from the deep south, so I always say uh, people always born how they exit the world, barefoot and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah, people mm-hmm. will die how they live. I will stand by that. <laughs> I can't imagine knowing I'm about to die and then breathing my way through it. But also, like, don't you want, you know, like, because that's your whole profession. Like, you want to be in a peaceful, calm state when you enter death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And instead of, I would be freaking out. Generally, by the end, you kind of, you're not with it. You know, like those last, it can be 24 hours that you just really aren't conscious. You don't really know what's going on. And it just kind of slips away. It kind of slips away. But people fight it. You know, if they really have been with that existential crisis, you know, they've been going through it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely harder. <laughs> it's harder. Has anybody ever been like, the light, I'm going towards the light. Yes, daddy. Like some crazy going to heaven or hell kind of thing. People have seen like their dead family members. I'd say that's like the most common that I've witnessed. Just people seeing, you know, people there that aren't. <gasps> There or seeing, you know, oh. different things. Um, yeah. 
Mostly it's family members. <laughs> Mostly family. There goes my uncle Charles. Yeah. He molested me. He molested oh, me wow. when I was five. I don't want to see him again. No. <laughs> How'd you get to heaven? <laughs> How did he get up here with me? I hate him. <laughs> Generally peaceful. Generally peaceful. <laughs> so do you believe in life after death? I do. Yeah, I do. You do? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, My dad passed away. Before he died for three minutes, and uh, then you know he was he kicked it around for another couple years after that, and uh, I remember him telling me, uh, "Yeah, there's nothing." But um, oh, also, but- like, no, no family's gonna go visit him. Right. <laughs> My mom ain't gonna be waiting for him. I'll tell you that much. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Anybody there? Yeah. He could have just been brain dead, though. It's true. Or was he heart dead? I don't know. I mean, it was a long time ago. I mean, I imagine uh, he said he didn't know what happened. He said he woke up and then the nurse was like, so you crazy night last night. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you died. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> One of those. You ever see anyone make it out? Like make it out of hospice? Out of hospice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There are people who graduate. And I think that's the biggest misconception, too. And I feel like anytime I would say this, it, it kind of gave people a sigh of relief. But you can quit hospice at any time. If at any point you want to pursue pursue further treatment options or like a lot of times like Alzheimer's patients, you know, sometimes will will hold on for a long time. They'll get better, go back. Um, yeah, there's there's certain diseases where you're looking really bad one week and then, you know, after a couple of weeks, you kind of perk up and decide, okay, well, maybe I don't need this anymore. But yeah, it's holy it shit. It happens. So you're not, if you sign the paper to do hospice, you're not, you're not contractually obligated to follow through with it. If you know, you have to change. die here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So. Oh, well, that kind of gives me hope a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. think it just eases people's fears about, okay, well, what if this, yeah. you know, crazy thing were to happen and we want to do this? I'm like, okay, well, then then do that. You know, if that makes sense at the time for you, yeah. if you talk it through with the team and, you know, that's something that you really want to do, then they'll make it happen and they'll coordinate it for you, which is, which is great. So, yeah, it's obviously not everyone, but it does happen. Great. I like to hear that. Yeah. How do you feel about like Kevorkian and assisted suicide? Oh. Like, do you like, cause I know, cause a lot of times like it's, it's, it's weird because you know, they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. You know, why not make it peaceful? But then at the other side, then, you know, they're not in the right mind and we should try and help them get into the right mind. Totally. You know? And so there's, there's two sides to everything. It's a sticky situation for sure. Absolutely. I think, um, I don't know. <sighs> I think sometimes how we let people die is pretty cruel. You know, like we put animals down Animal. or pets down. We give them some, you know, a quick peaceful end. And we do not do that for, you know, for all our humans. Um, but there's also other options too. Um, in some states, they allow like voluntary um, stopping of eating and drinking. So like a lot of patients who before... Um, I don't know if you've experienced anyone with dementia or Alzheimer's, but it's, it can be a really long uh, draining process years. years for the family. Um, and so, yeah, so that's an option in, in some States where you can just decide not to eat or drink. And it's kind of a way of, you know, assisting your, it's kind of suicide, um, but it's slow. It's slow. That's like three or four days, right? It can be longer. It can be up to a week, but it's going to be a really Yo. long drawn out process, but 
people can make that decision, you know, just to stop and and not go through it. Do you want to die slow or less slow? Right. (laughs) But I I personally think it's not an easy way to go. Yeah, it's not easy, but I see why people do it. Um, Yeah, that would be something that I would consider for myself if I had dementia or I knew I was in the beginning stages of it. Yeah. And if your brain doesn't know what's going on, I mean. Right. Yeah. So be it. Yeah. Well, so this is the brighter side. (laughs) You know, what do you think is the brighter side to hospice care? Just to close us out. Oh, man. (laughs) I think it's all the people. I have never met anyone in hospice who was a bad person who didn't love what they're doing or at least have like a really kind, um, compassionate heart. Um, Yeah, I think there's really great people out there who are doing, you know, a lot of education, um, you know, bringing, you know, forth uh, all the resources that are available with hospice and hopefully just changing the culture of, um, you know, the scary hospice that, you know, people don't want to hear. So I think that's, that's the biggest prize that I think there's going to be a culture shift, especially after everything that that happened with COVID. Yeah. We had an extra million people die, Mm -hmm. you know, on top of the madness. Right. We're forced to face it. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nurse Sushi. Thank you for your service in the Navy. Thank you for your service in hospice and during COVID. You deserve everything in the world. I can't, you know, (laughs) and and I really appreciate you coming on the show and and sharing everything that you've learned. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. One thing I just want to plug before go please i don't know if you've heard barbara carnes is like a really uh a big a nurse who is really big in in hospice in the hospice space she's written a bunch of books um the biggest one i like is gone from my site really basic um uh material on just the the process of what death looks like at home she has a bunch of other books that she's written too they're very small um, very digestible. People just want a place to look um, to learn more about about death and yeah. what it's about. And plus, you don't have that much time to read it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that again? Say one more time just so people could find it. It's called Gone From My Sight, and it's Barbara Carnes. And then I also really like um, Hospice Nurse Julie on Instagram or TikTok. She does really great um, uh, educational videos on just basic uh, end of life kind of stuff, what to expect. Um, she's been a great resource for me too. Oh, well. Oh, well, thank you for your knowledge. And I'm so happy that there's people like you that are very positive. It seems like you love your job and you're positive and you really care about people. And I'm so happy that you're in such a, an important position such as this. I hope you're mm-hmm. standing next to me when I die. Oh, thank yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Thank you, Nurse Sushi. You are, I think, a, a real angel. Yes. So, you know, obviously, you know, hospice isn't cheap. You know, everything has its flaws. We wanted to touch a little bit on that. And then we we're going to do our five wishes. But I, one thing I want to say is, because I called up uh, our, our friend of the show, Mr. Pastrami. I called up his mom, who, when I was a kid, she was my grandfather's hospice nurse. Oh, right. And she, you said she had a lot of eloquent things to say, correct? She really did. And unfortunately, she didn't let me record it. That's okay. But um, Do well, they hear comedy podcasts? And yeah. they're like, no. Because <laughs> they think we're going to be like, woo, death dying, you know? But yeah, she said two things that really struck me. Which was when I asked her, and I and I brought it up to Nurse Sushi, and I asked her like, "Was there ever a good day?" And she said, "Every day was a good day because she felt honored to be a part of like the most pivotal moment of these people's lives." Yeah, you're helping somebody pass on their last moments on earth. You don't want to like look them in the eyes and yeah. be like, "Fuck you," you know what I mean? And she said that a lot of people would like confess to her <gasps> things that they wouldn't tell their family, but Whoa. they wanted to get off their chest. Like what? Nothing, like, nothing too juicy, but like, you know, things that, you know, people feel uncomfortable and embarrassed talking to their families, you know? I cheated on my husband. Exactly. Stuff like that. And so, like, they also act as like someone to take that burden from people. Wow. And, you know, she said that she would just sit next to them and talk to them until they were too tired to keep talking. And, you know, and, and she would, and then, you know, keep it, you know, she would keep it buttoned up not tell anyone and you know and that needs to happen you know i mean these hospice nurses that are good at their job real life angels yeah we like, need more of them on this earth they're half psychiatrists yes if yeah. you are listening to this and you don't know what kind of career you want to go into um but you know you really care about you deeply care about people you do care about medicine or some psychiatry maybe go into hospice care yeah and also you don't have to necessarily be a nurse you can also be someone in a, who does administrative duties and and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that she said now, because she's well retired, she's in her late seventies, and uh, she said that recently she's you know this is like what hospice being a hospice nurse taught her later in life is because obviously just like the rest of us she uh, you know get plagued with depression at times and stuff like that, and she was it was like three p.m. And she's waiting for her husband to come home. He doesn't get home till seven. And she was sad and laying on her bed in silence, staring at the ceiling. And she's like, I have less than 20 years left to live. Ugh. I'm not going to spend four hours staring at the ceiling in this bed, feeling sorry for myself. Wow. And then she's like, I saw too many people's last moments to not treasure every minute of life that I have left. Wow. And so she said she got her ass up out of bed went down to the community center and just hung out there and talked to people, played some cards. It might not sound like much, but it's better than fucking being sad staring at a ceiling. Absolutely. Or just scrolling through social media. You know, yeah, sometimes even you don't even have to die from old age. You could die. I get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah. But do I want to spend my last moments on Twitter being upset or maybe go to the park? Exactly. You exactly. know? Yeah. Like uh, recently I was in a situation where I was like super mad at somebody, but it was like a beautiful situation. 
So you just choose not to be mad, you know, because otherwise the situation's fucking ruined. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's, it's for your mental health. It really is. I've been thinking lately about how I've been cutting some people out of my life recently. Like I have a core set of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances, but I definitely don't cut people out, but I don't really respond to them as much. I don't mm. really want to hang out, especially if like, I don't like a lot of drugs personally. I mean, yeah. I've done them, but if everything revolves around it, I kind of, uh, you know. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I wonder if I should like reach back out. I mean, when, you, when you're in the mood, you yeah. don't have to hang out every day. I feel like you and I are very fortunate to have so many good close friends. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't have that, you know, and I think rather than trying to nurture a relationship that you're not sure about in someone who's abusing their own body, it's better to um, nurture the relationship of the people that are going to be with you to the day you die. That is a good way to put it. Thank you, Ed. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I'll do drugs, but when I see it's just being done quite often, I kind of distance myself from that person simply because I have been trapped in a friendship with someone that was in them. Mm -hmm. They took me down too. Yeah, no, you know? exactly. They will, they'll take you down. Yeah. So let's talk about the costs of hospice a little bit, just so people know. Sure. Because I, I know you looked it all up and I, I'm kind of curious myself. Sure. So I kind of looked at the hospice with Medicare, so Medicare, you can, you're can you eligible for hospice benefit if you're 65 years or older. You can go into hospice at any time of your life. Yeah. But Medicare will cover a lot of it, right? So if you're telling me if I got cancer at fucking 43, they're not going to let me do hospice? Not with Medicare. Oh, my God. But you can still do hospice, but not with Medicare. Maltov cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you're diagnosed with a serious illness, certification from a doctor that he or she has six months or less to live... Agrees to forego life-saving or potentially curative treatment. Hospice provider must be Medicare approved. But you don't have to be six, five years older to receive hospice just, just for Medicaid. Okay. Uh, Medicare does not cover room and board. Depending if you want to live alone or with roommates, the room and board is about two to 5000 per month, depending if you want roommates. Yeah. It'd be like uh, five grand if you want to die alone. Honestly, I'd want roommates. I, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because like I could go either way. I think I would want no roommates because I know I have friends and family. Right. But, you know, like with a roommate, you know, they're also in hospice. You know, and so, like, are they going to, like, die in front of you the day before you die? Oh, right. And what if they're a piece of shit? And yeah, like, and they're just screaming every day. Ah, and you're just trying to, like, you know, like, ah, be chill the last couple days of your life. Because not everyone, you know, is chill when they die. No. You know, a lot of people are just, ah, nah, ah. And so it's just, it gets really, you know, do you really want to be next to that? Right. And the life you live is like how you die. It just is. like Nurse Sushi said. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they've lived like a life of terror and they have no friends and they've just ostracized everyone their whole life. And now they, you, I mean, I don't want to die with a roommate. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think I'm going 5,000 a month. Oh, my yeah. God. There are levels determined by the pain and care needed. Level one, a nurse will visit you about two to three times per week. That's about average $199 per day. Level two, an acute crisis where the patient is experiencing uncontrollable pain and symptoms. The patient requires a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. Level three, patient is receiving a short-term care at a registered hospice facility when, if the crisis is over, the patient can be returned home. And level four, this is the biggest and most money, inpatient care for the daily and must be paid daily, $199 per day. Damn. It is not fucking cheap. How is it? It's crazy. We've made it so it's expensive to die. 
Oh my God, it's expensive to it's die. Like, I can't die right now. I don't have the money for it. No, my family. Who's going to pay for my funeral? I just paid for my wedding. I can't pay for my funeral. No. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and I heard that if like you're related to someone who dies and like you don't even haven't even heard of them, people will contact you to ask for money. Oh, absolutely. The I was tortured after my mom and my dad passed away with people trying to collect money from them. And one thing I will say, if there is no estate, you don't owe anyone shit. So don't let them convince you that you do. No. You know, and like, and I'll tell you another thing. Uh, oh, first of all, this is a good time to plug How America Killed My Mother. Go check that movie <laughs> out. Uh, I, I get into a lot of this in that. But also like, you know, they, you not only do you not have to pay them, like they want you to do all this crazy shit to make their job easy, you know, and it's just like I called them and told them my mom passed away. And if they wanted like an email of the death certificate, I would email it off because it was easy for me. Yeah. But if they were like, you have to fax this and fill out that paperwork. Nope. It's like, no. No. I'm how about that? that? How about no? no. You do it. How about I just, fuck you? How about I gave you the, yeah, I gave you the a little bit of, you know, respect to call you and let you know what happened. You know, and so it's like, don't, don't give none of them respect. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it's you You don't if there is no estate, which a lot of people there is. And then you might have, you'll have to pay out of the estate for, you know, things, bills they owe. Now, what is an estate? Your bank account. So if your parents don't have a bank account? Well, no, if my both of my parents died with negative bank accounts. Oh, so if they like owed money to the bank. Yeah, they owe money to the bank. They owe money to creditors. They owe money to, you know, the casino or they owe money to. You know, a car payment. The fucking creditors can eat that up. You yeah. know what I mean? Do you know how much money the bank makes on withdrawal fees or if you don't have a certain amount of money in the bank? Fuck them, man. Yes, how no. about fuck you? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to get a, a different account with my bank just to like see, you know, because I have like an old, my account was open when um when I was like 18, as soon as I got out. Yeah. And I they were like, "Oh, if you have less than $30 in your account, you're fined." And I was like, "What?" No, like, yeah, if you don't have $30 in your account, we're going to charge you $30. And it's like, "But you don't have $30 in your account?" Yeah, no. This makes no fucking sense. Yeah, no. It, it's just a way of uh, keeping the poor poor. And, you know, the only way they can make money off of people with low bank accounts is to charge them for being poor. And you know what? We were recently talking about this and yes. you can expect a episode all about this shit when we talk about inflation and we'll get into all that kind of stuff but for now you want to do our five wishes yes let's do it all right so for those of you who don't know we just learned about it uh, when we we're talking to nurse sushi which was we have the five wishes a living will document i got this from samaritannj.org america's most popular living will is changing the way people talk about and plan for care at the end of their life. Okay. More than 18 million copies of Five Wishes are in circulation in the nation, distributed by more than 35,000 organizations. This document meets the legal requirements in 42 states, including New Jersey, so just you know Jersey, and is useful in all 50. So I don't know what eight states it's not. I didn't learn that, but... This is a pretty good thing that you could do. Yeah, and if we die right after this episode comes out, now you know what to do. Now you know what to do. Five Wishes is written in everyday language and helps people express their wishes in areas that matter most. The personal, the spiritual, in addition to the medical and legal. Uh, it also helps you describe what good care means to you, whether you are seriously ill or not. It allows your caregiver to know exactly what you want. So five wishes, here they are. So we'll answer each one together. 
who you want to make healthcare decisions for you when you can't make them? You. Me? Yeah. All right, I'm there. Okay. I'm there. I'll do it. All right. I'm in. If I'm gone, you need a backup. Oh, fuck. Uh, but, my uh, mom. Yeah. And then I'm picking Julie. Okay. Of course. No offense. No you know, problem. Yeah, 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 this is your wife. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I'm there for you. I, I will be there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm about to start crying. I don't want to stress you out, though. Like, what no, if you're, like, busy with all this other shit? And they're like, right. Amber's dead. It all dead. goes out the window, baby. Okay. <laughs> all right. You kidding me? Don't worry about it. We got a show to run. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The kind of medical treatment you want or don't want. Like, I think this kind of means, like, do you want to be a vegetable? You know, like, do you want, oh. like, you know, how long do you want to be hooked up to a breathing machine? You know, do you want to be a feeding tube? You know? I see. With me, no machines. Mm -hmm. Get me out of here. If they're like, she needs this machine, get me out of here. But if I'm going to be in a coma, one week. Give me one week. One week? One week, pull the plug. Oh, one week, she's in a coma. <laughs> For me, I say, you know, if there is a chance that I'm not a brain dead vegetable, let's rock. You know, that's kind of okay. how I feel about it. Keep me going. We just play Steely Dan in the hospital every day. It you're... really would help me, okay. to be honest with you. I, it was great for my dad when I brought in a bunch of tunes, like songs he never heard in like five, ten years. Did like, he wake up and was like, I heard that song. Oh, I played Nights in White Satin for him, and he was just like, it, it meant the world to him. Aww. But yeah, no, that's, yeah, the medical treatment, definitely, yeah, music. But yeah, if I'm a vegetable... You know, like, what the fuck are we doing here? No one, I'm too big. You're not going to roll me over and wipe my ass. Like, it's not <laughs> like, you know. So, uh, yeah, if there's a chance, let's go for it. But if there's not, you know, I mean, like, I could lose three months if I get to live another 10, you know, like, so it's, it just depends. How comfortable do you want to be? I mean, extremely comfortable. Oh, yeah, extremely comfortable. Like, there was this guy, I think he was in Japan. He got close to a nuclear reactor and, like, all of his skin melted off. And the doctor, you can look it up if you Very want. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And they kept him alive. <laughs> Kill me. Yeah, and if I'm writhing in pain, and, like, even if I'm not about my wits, if I'm writhing in pain and I can't, like, if I'm screaming most of the day, I, that's no that's no way to live. I'm gonna look up this Japanese guy for you, but let's continue. Yeah, um, so that, I want to be extremely comfortable. I'm I don't do well with pain, and uh, if uh, drug me up if I'm in lots of pain, and if uh, yeah, I'm. Oh, 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 this is a picture. Oh my God, Amber, we need to change your <laughs> algorithm. I <laughs> Oh, man, do you want to know what happened? It was more than 20 years ago, a freak chemical reaction at a power plant in Japan left one of its technicians living in agony, kept alive by doctors as he cried blood and his skin melted. His Hisashi Ochi was helping a colleague pour liters of uranium in a huge metal vat. All right. Kept alive for 83 days as he cried blood. All right. Won't do that. So uh, I want to be more comfortable than that for sure. How do you want people to treat you? Is an interesting question. Not like this. Yeah. <laughs> this does look like the inspiration for what's that Mr. Show sketch where he's just like in a in a hospital bed. This just like a he looks like a worm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember. Yeah, he looks just like that. It does. It's very. Oh, gross. I have to get this off my computer. Please get it off your computer. <laughs> okay. What was the question again? <laughs> How do you want people to treat you? Which is an interesting question. Nicely. Yeah, I mean, of course, nicely. But also, like, you have to know your own personality. Like, if you're super stubborn and you're going to say the wrong thing because you're in pain, 
like, do you want them to like take over? Oh, if I'm just gonna be like, like if I'm you're fine. like, I'm not gonna eat. It, like, do you want them to force you to eat, or like, do you want to, oh. do you want to just not eat and die? I know it's kind of an intense question. Not eat and die, or being forced to eat. Like, how do you want to be treated? I guess like, give me food if I need it. You know what I mean? But also. Ooh. You also don't know how crazy you're going to go right that's before right. you die. Like that's the other part of it. You don't know like how much your brain might fight against your yeah. well-being. I guess you look at my vitals and if I need food or water and if I'm saying, no, I don't, I'm fine. Don't fucking touch me. I'm going to be pretty stubborn. Yeah. Give me the food and water. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think, uh, yeah, I want people, I imagine I would go along with whatever they said, but you know, that's just me, you know, thinking that I'm smart, but um, you never yeah. know what's going to be like in this situation. Also, it's fine to play practical jokes on me. Yeah. Oh, I like for jokes. Sure. Yeah, Give yeah, me oh, all the definitely jokes. humor. I'm going to need a lot of that. Yeah. And I'm going to need some tunes. Give me some dark humor. I yeah. love it. The one thing I do hate about hospitals is the TV situation. Oh, nightmare. Didn't that kid was in a coma and his mom had Barney on for years? Oh, yeah. You know, it was, uh, yeah, that was, I forgot what that was, but he was, yeah, it was one of those situations where he like couldn't move or speak, but his brain worked fine, and so it was just like his body was like a prison. For and his he heard brain. it. Yeah, he heard his mom say, "I don't love you anymore." Yeah, why won't you die and shit like Woo! that? And they just made him watch Barney all the time, and he's like, "I fucking hate this dinosaur. I know how to think." <laughs> yeah, so don't do that. Uh, make sure the movies are good. I would say, and I would, you know what? Like lots of nostalgia. I love nostalgia. It always, it like nostalgia could take me out of depression. Yeah. And so give me some of that. I want to watch some Disney cartoons, stuff like that. Yeah. What do you want your loved ones to know? Oh. Do you want them to know everything? I would say everything unless it was like a weird confession, which I don't have anything, you know, who knows what's going to happen between now and I die. I don't have anything that I'm keeping a secret. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, like if I'm like, please don't tell anyone this, like respect that. Yes, same. If I say don't tell anybody this, don't tell anybody this. But, but I guess I'm an open book. Yeah, me too. I'm a very open book. I mean, obviously we talk about, I've, I've talked about you know, extensively about the deaths of my parents and everything like that. Right. So, you know, as far as that, you could tell my loved ones anything unless I say this is a secret. This is a secret. Don't, <laughs> don't you fucking tell them I, I fought it. I fought But it. yeah, they deserve to know. If they're there caring about me right before I die, then I want them to know. Because if they care enough to be there, then fuck it, tell them. Right. That's my personal opinion. Everyone's different. You know, like lots of people don't want their families to know anything, you know. And so, I mean, you got to respect that, you know. Yeah. I'm trying but, to listen. I'm trying to think of what kind of music and movies I'd want because I have such an array. Yeah. I guess I like a I lot. I should of, make a playlist. Make it. Let's make a death playlist. This is a great idea. Yeah. Oh, music I want to hear on my deathbed. Yeah. Whoa. What a good playlist idea. It's coming soon to the <laughs> Eddie Tunes to our radio hour. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. Well, that's it. I guess that's it. Hopefully we will live long, happy lives. But now we know if we get hit by a bus, what exactly to do. And if I'm in a lot of pain, take me out. Amen. Amen. I, I'm happy hospice exists. It's the last thing you want to hear that someone you love is going to go into. I imagine we were talking about like lots of like bad reviews of hospice. Oh yeah, we didn't get into that, but I have I saw a couple people that were like they killed them, they mismanaged them, and like not all nurses are saviors. Let's be honest. But at the same time, they're not going to hospice to live necessarily. No, they're not. Yeah, you know, and you know when you know the death rate in hospice is you know ninety. Eight percent, right? You can still walk out. You it's pretty rare. Yeah, as we learned from Nurse Sushi. But I, you know, how are you going to have a good review? 
Like, how is it like, what's a good review? Like, it doesn't, you know, if someone, if the person you love dies, like, you know, you're going to be pissed. Right. I know a lot of nurses are walking out, but I think this is a new time. If you love helping people get into nursing, get into hospice, we need better people in this kind of field. Amen. Because think about what you want when you go. And if you want to be someone that helps other people feel that way when they go. Yeah. This is a great field to get into. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, you check us out on Instagram, Amber Smelson, Eddie Tunes, Last Podcast Network, The Brighter Side, LPN. On Twitter, it's at Eddie Tunes underscore Amber Smelson, at Last Podcast Network, at Brighter Side, LPN. Brighter Side Live on Twitch. It's the second Tuesday of every month. Uh, we do that at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. The next one is going to be on August 9th. So check that out. Brighter Side Live. It is happening. We're doing this, baby. We're going uh, a monthly show from now officially. It's happening the fourth Saturday of every month starting in July. I love it. I just got the text as we were talking, Amber. I'm so excited. And I know I did kind of shit on stand up earlier when we were just having a gas. But for our show, I think it's different. No, for sure. Because we have complete control over it. Exactly. Uh, So that is going to be on July 23rd, 11 p.m. They gave us the option of 9, 10 or 11. And Amber and I both decided we want to do the fucking late show. Yeah, it's more fun. We get some drinks going. We can go as long as we want. Yeah, it'll be more of a party. Uh, So please come hang out with us. The fourth Saturday of every month, 11 p.m. at the Pack Theater in Hollywood. It'll be a hoot. $5. Very cheap. Uh, we both got Patreons. Amber, tell the people about yours. It is Amber Smelson. It's a way to support me as an artist. Also, I'm working on some book ideas, posting that there, and showing you how I cook and what I eat. Yes. And mine is patreon.com slash Tunes, And it's a lot of music-based stuff. I got playlists that are exclusive to you and that... uh you know, basically, they're exclusive for a month, and then I release it to everyone else. And plus, the Eddie Tunes to our radio hour, it's a home of that. Uh, and the same thing goes there. It's, it's exclusive to you for a month, and then I send it out to the rest of the mailing list. But that's only like 100 people anyway, so it doesn't even matter. So it is the home of the Eddie Tunes to our radio hour. And if you subscribe for three months, you get a sticker. Ooh. Um, like I said, you could rent or buy How America Kill My Mother at HowAmericanKillMyMother.com uh, if you want to dive deeper into uh, sad-ass shit like this. Uh, sticker giveaway. It's happening. You can snail mail us a self-addressed uh, stamped envelope to the brighter side, care of LPM, P.O. Box 470, North Hollywood, California, 91603. Thank you, April. April, our editor, Madeline, our producer, and Maddie, our social media guru. Thank you for everything. Check me out on Spotify, Ed Larson, and Napster, Eddie Tunes, if you want to hear some cool-ass playlists. And Taking Us Out Today is honestly one of my favorite songs of all time, which is something that will definitely be on the Deathbed playlist. But it's And When I Die by Blood, Sweat, and Tears. What a fucking amazing song. We love you guys. Be good to yourselves. Be good to people who are going through the last moments of their life. And be good to yourself. All right. Peace. If it's peace, you
I hear that it's cold way down there, yeah, crazy cold way down there. And when I die and when I'm gone, there'll be one child born in this world. Carry on, carry on. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.